This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. home builders and remodelers to the last of our three-part series with plumbing expert Gail Wilson. I have been working with Gail for the last 15 years in several different showrooms here in LA to select and supply the plumbing fixtures for countless projects. She is my go-to expert in the field where expertise is necessary to get the most from our investments. In the last episode, we began to talk about the plumbing fixtures to consider in each room of the house. We started with the kitchen. To hear that episode or any other, go to www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Both Gail and I agree that once we have determined the style, look, and function of the kitchen plumbing fixtures, the best place to go next is to guide our clients in the selections of the plumbing fixtures for the master bath. I find it easier for them to make choices about what they will spend the most time using. The first elephant in the room is the tub. To tub or not to tub, will they use the tub? Um, Is there a a tub um, that's a soaking tub or is it a jacuzzi style tub? Are there gentle air bubbles or high powered massage movement? Is the tub built in or is it freestanding? I mean, where do we start? Well, client usually has an idea from past experience, what they want. Um, We're seeing a lot right now of everybody doing a freestanding tub, but they don't want to put a big investment in it because they're not going to use it that often. Yeah. Um, They've had the big uh, whirlpool tubs and we do sell a number of those, uh, but they're not as popular as once, you know, once. Um, A lot of people have the whirlpool outside and they use that. But um, a lot of people just don't have time. They're they're in the shower, they're out of the shower, and they want to use the shower facility more. Yeah. Yeah. I find that if someone wants a tub, it's usually because they really are going to use the tub. However, it, it very often is designed into master bathrooms. And I very often talk people out of them and then there's some t- people who just really want the sort of romance of the um, mm-hmm. uh, of the tub that is um, uh, freestanding. And then I tr- I actually try to talk them out of it if there's not enough room because if you can't clean around that tub, it's going to be uh, you know not yeah. a great thing in ten years when you go to sell that house or or whatever. Um, but it is you know a place where there are a lot of decisions to get made and it's easier if you have someone who really knows whether they're a tub person or not a tub mm-hmm. person. So then once you've, you've chosen to, to do the tub, you have to decide what your um, tub filler is going to be like. If, if it's a person who really wants a jacuzzi tub and they're, um, they want the bells and, and whistles of what the water's going to do when they're inside the tub, mm-hmm. usually that's going to be um, a deck mounted tub. Correct. That means it's going to be set in. There's going to have to be a place for the motor that's going to be accessible um, by uh, opening some kind of little trap somewhere. It could even be outside of the room or it could be inside the bathroom. And um, and there's going to be you know a slab you know deck on the top of it. So in that case, you're probably going to use deck mounted tub fillers if it's a freestanding tub, you can have the tub fillers, you can make it close enough to the wall to use wall mounted ones or there's freestanding. And but so tell me about, you know, what you do, how you work with people on on the tub fillers. Well, tub filler, it, you know, the biggest point is um, where the plumbing is set up in the room. 
um, or is it set up? Um, and then a freestanding tub filler, uh, this is a little more pricey item. It's much more decorative. Um, and then um, wall mount uh, is um, uh, it's a beautiful design element. Can be, uh, but can the can the tub be pushed that close to close enough to the wall mm -hmm. for that spout to come in and uh, fill the tub without hitting the hitting the wall? Right. Yeah, you have to get tub. right into the center or, you know, with a couple of inches into the tub. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I deal with the tub question first is because if you're doing a freestanding tub and it's going to lend itself to a freestanding um, tub filler, there are only so many of those in the world mm -hmm. and there are only so many styles. So there are some that look very traditional, almost old fashioned that look like, you know, an old fashioned telephone on a hook. And, right. um, and then there's very contemporary ones. So if that's going to be an important feature in the bathroom, I try to start with that choice because I'm going to try to lead the client toward things all coordinating it throughout the right, whole bathroom. It's definitely a focal point. Right, exactly. So we really need to kind of nail that down before we then turn to the other um, areas where we're going to try to relate the faucets to the tub filler, to the shower mm -hmm. pieces and things like that. So then there are, you know, a shower is like a whole house in terms of the amount of decisions that you can make. You can certainly just put in a shower head. And I like to, even in the most minimal of bathrooms, I like a shower head and I like a handheld so that you can, um, it makes it easy to clean it and uh, it makes it easy to use in different you know, parts of the shower itself. Um, so how, how many, how much are you seeing steam showers nowadays? Uh, it's probably one of the best things you can do. Really? If you can, yeah. Um, I, I don't sell as many as we probably should, um, but it is therapeutic, immensely therapeutic, as well as uh, very comforting. Um, yeah, so, steam yeah. is just uh, amazing for your skin. Um, anybody who has respiratory issues, it's uh, excellent. So the thing about, so when we do a steam shower, we have to make sure that the glass goes um, is completely encloses. So we're going to have tall, you know, ceiling to floor or ceiling to the wall uh, glass panels. The door has to um, either go all the way up or there has to be a transom at the top Correct. of glass. Mm -hmm. And you also need to be able to vent it. Right. So that transom has to be able to bend or you have to leave the door open while it dries in between your showers. Mm -hmm. um, and so then it's going to have um, um, the 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 heating unit and things like that above, or can they also can be behind be, the wall? It can be anywhere. It can be, um, it could be in a vanity. It could be up in the attic. As long as it's, um, there's a flow, there's a flow yeah. and um, you use the, you know, it, it's just like a, um, a small water heater. It's got yeah. a pan. Yeah. It's got its own drainage system. Yeah. It's great. And it doesn't interfere with the shower valve. It has its own brain and its own uh, uh, way of working. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually uh, recently did a remodel of a 1920, early 1920s house, and we were able to um, put it up above the shower in between the joints of the house and, uh, and be able to retrofit that. So it, it was fun to be able to do something so um, I mean, modern can, in a old house. We can order longer cables mm -hmm. so that we can make that happen. Yeah. Okay, so that is a really great option. And I and if there is a steam shower, I try to make sure that there's a bench in the shower um, built into it um, in all different kinds of ways, whether it's you know tile or slab. Um, so now there's the shower heads. There are so many options for the shower heads. Not only is it that we can have, you know, one shower head that does many things, but people use two shower heads, one at either end of the shower, or, you know, what are the, the different combinations well, of things you've seen? the first thing you need to uh, realize is what is the building inspector going to allow you to have? Oh. California, where we have restrictions, um, you can you you can have up to three accessories, um, but you can't use them at the same time per right, code. Right. right. Uh, so um, you have to decide. 
And a lot of people, if you have a very large area, like six foot long, and you're going to have one on one wall, one on the other, you probably can get away with having multiple shower heads and even multiple valves if necessary. Um, but if you're using the um, one single valve, um, it's three, three items you know three accessories so you can you could treat that almost as two separate showers mm -hmm. even though they're in the same you know water mm -hmm. room i'll call it um and and you'll get away with that easier than if you tried to have it all operating off of one wall even though it's spread across it has to be six feet apart oh okay good to know good to know yeah that's I'm dealing with that right now in a place and it is it is six feet apart. More we than that. did a shower um, was probably a year ago, um, large home in um, Hills of Los Angeles, uh, borderline Beverly Hills, where they did a mirror image shower and huge yeah. and, and um, no body sprays, but handheld on each one of them. Yeah. And a big um, rain head on two each rain of them. Heads. Two rain heads and a regular shower and head? a regular shower head and a freestanding tub. Yeah. And um, so I mean, it's it was a magnificent, you know. Yeah. Now, do you do people come back and show you pictures? Do you get to see? Uh, they always say they're going uh, to, but, but they, not yeah. usually. Yeah, that must be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it is because I we like pictures. to see the finished product. Yeah. Well. You can look at my website well, and you, see all of you your work. You do that. You do <laughs> yeah. that, and it's it's fantastic. And yeah, it's, that's true. It's amazing. It's really you know it's a definitely a commercial for whatever plumbing <laughs> supply store you're working with at the time on my website. Um, yeah, I should make them pay for that. That would be great. <laughs> so now the rainhead, the rain to rainhead or not to rainhead. So I um, I find that men want rainheads a lot of the time and mm -hmm. that a woman doesn't care as much about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So a lot of times in order to do the compromise thing and we we do a combination. In my shower, the shower that we renovated when we redid the house, we have a rain head and we have a handheld that has multifunctions because that's what I like mm -hmm. and I have two positions where it sits. I have a hook lower so if you're in the tub you can reach it and maybe wash the you know rinse the hair out of a, of a child or if you're taking a bath and you need to you know rinse your own hair and then you can also put it up higher and use it as a shower head because i don't always like the rain head so i, I like i feel like the rain head is my vacation shower mm -hmm. when i have time to stand there and enjoy it but i'm like i want to get in and out a lot of the time and it doesn't get rid of shampoo out of your hair very well either the rain head. It, it can. The thing is, is that you have to stand on the edge of it. And so then, you know, and 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 actually the warmth, you know, the steam in the shower does make it warm enough. So was, I, I thought that would be a problem. It isn't a problem. But if you have a good and you you do have to clean out the um, the each little hole, mm -hmm. like every certain amount of time, because the water does make it slower. But if it's working properly, you I mean, I don't know, maybe I have thin hair, but it does get my hair clean. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, I if I'm standing directly under it where I'm gonna get the full amount of the spray, then it's always in my face. So I'm really mm -hmm. used to that angle of a normal mm -hmm. shower head. And, and plus I have that, um, that Kohler steam. Yeah. Um, yeah it's it, like a mister. It's a mister yeah. and I love it. And that gives me like, it's a low rent steam shower. So I put on the mister and I stand in that mist and it's, it's lovely. So there are a lot of options. And for people who really want the most basic, like, it's going to work for 30 years and be a great shower. What's the go-to? Um, um, so there's a couple of different ones. Um, I prefer uh, giving someone um, a multi-function shower head that's got different spread because you may in the, be in the mood for one thing this time and another time you're just in and out yeah. and don't have time. So we want to give them options. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I don't use, I only use one. I go, no, you, you need to try, you know, try those out and use them because they're great. Or, you know, if you have um, uh, a handheld that has those positions, you ha may have a backache and yeah. you want to have some pulsating and massage. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing to have. 
Um, the rain head, as you said, it's not a pressure shower as some people think it's yeah. going to be. They think it's more water coming out and it's actually finely dispersed. It's the same yeah. amount of water in each accessory. It's just how how uh, dispersed is it? Right. So if you have a 12-inch rain head, that water is going to be separated over that area and obviously not be right. as powerful as if it's coming out of um, a three-inch shower head. Right. Okay, that makes and it really clear. And we still sell a, a pretty good number of the Speakman style yeah. shower heads. Men tend to like those for a very vigorous shower because mm -hmm. you can change the uh, circumference a little bit as it comes out. Yeah, and that's really easy to operate because it's got it's a conical type shape and it has a simple lever on the side. Right. So if mm -hmm. someone does want to make the, you know, really use it, for what it is so then um and then the wall jets what we're what, not selling as many of those as we used as to we used, yeah. to we used to set it up with two or three on each side and each one had their own on and off or volume mm -hmm. control now um we're down to 1.8 or 1.75 the body sprays um are are about that each one of them yeah. is about that amount. So you could have one. And I don't think people are, are willing to do that. Yeah. It, it looks kind of awkward. Plus, is it going to really hit you in the right place? Yeah. And, you know, multiple partners, the husband's usually taller, the wife's right. usually shorter. Where it hits them in the back right. is, in, you know, is it really of any value? Yeah. That's when I try to talk them into a steam shower because that's really something that's going to be therapeutic for mm -hmm. both parties if they want that yeah feeling that yeah. luxury item yeah. um yeah it's interesting because i do body sprays now i used to do them a lot and now i only really do them where there it's a house where there's a his and her shower mm -hmm. whether they're in the same room or they're separate rooms that is a thing that happens yeah. a lot and uh and that's where i end up doing the body sprays because you can put them individually where it's best yeah, for and it's really important to have the client go stand in that area and tell the plumber okay i want this one here i want this one there and you know where is it going to hit you mm -hmm, exactly and there's different body sprays some are movable and yeah. you can change the angle of it others are just stationary yeah and then you know knowing um the the operation of the shower now with all of those different things going on is where a plumbing specialist is particularly critical because you know about um, the diverters, you know, the, the, the handles on the wall that are going to make the water go to, from place A or place B and things that can be done in combination and things that can, need to be done separately. And then there's the volume control. Uh, of the water and the temperature control and all of those things mm -hmm. get regulated between all of those um, factors. Right. And uh, some people still come in, they want the old two valve system with the hot and the cold. Then we years. can still get those. We've got people, I said, why would you want this when you can just press a button and have it come out at the temperature you want it? Yeah. You know, I don't get it. Yeah. But, you know, people have habits and we have to respect that. So then the the last part of this this area of the bathroom, I just want to say something about is the, the handheld, because I, as a designer, uh, tend to put the handhelds near the shower bench. If there's a shower bench, I don't put them on the wall with the other shower head, because if you're going to, if you um, have a, a, an injury and you want to, you need to sit and use the shower uh, and you want to be able to reach it. If you're shaving your legs, I mean, you know, whatever That's is the thing idea. you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I almost always keep it in easy reach of the shower bench. If there's no shower bench, then I do put it on the wall and I still have them because you still want to be able to have that choice of how to control the use of the water are in the shower it? itself. Yeah. Are you using it for as washing, a shower for cleaning. head or are you using yeah. it for another purpose? Yeah. And also it is a really good way to clean the shower because mm -hmm. you can't really, you know, well, otherwise you're taking a in a bucket. And a right. scrub brush. Yeah. That's not, not happening these days. That is not happening. Um, okay. So now um, the other, you know, aspect of, um, 
of safety and function in the shower and tub area is the grab bar. Are people asking for them? I mean, or are you suggesting them or how does I that work? I suggest them all the time. <coughs> um, a lot of people ask for them, but um, there's a lot of manufacturers making some really good looking ones. Yeah, they don't have to look They don't look anymore. institutionalized yeah. uh, item anymore. Um, Rezo has an excellent collection of, of decorative grab bars and uh, prices are are uh, very affordable. Yeah, I have recently done, um, you know, a shower for a woman who's got uh, some handicap issues where we tripped out the whole shower with them. And, you know, it looks great. It looks a little industrial, but we planned everything really well. Um, but I do try to, especially if I have a client that's redoing their home or rebuilding and they're, they're not first home, you know, uh, home builder, you know, almost, it's not their first home and they're, um, you know, going to be aging in place or planning to be aging in place. I do try to get people to consider it or at least consider, consider where they will put them in the future. And then we put extra support in the walls. Mm -hmm. And also um, some of the manufacturers are incorporating a grab bar or weight bearing uh, in um, toilet paper holders and um, soap dishes, things like that, where you can kind of conceal it. Oh, I didn't even and, know. And um, yeah, it's a, it Delta, yeah, I should take Delta a look at those things. Have some of those items. I should stock up on my knowledge of those yeah, items it's... to suggest them. Um, Okay, so now there's the vanity, which is an area where we can, you know, usually do some beautiful, you know, cabinetry and um, whether we're doing it custom or bringing in something, um, the vanity sinks. So the greatest design issue in with the vanity is the, is the amount of space. The borderline for me of designing a master vanity is six feet. Under six feet of space, I suggest that we only use one sink and then we can incorporate more storage into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. If it's over six feet, then you can begin to fit in two sinks and then have a center storage. And of course, if it's you know eight feet, nine feet, up to 12 feet or longer, we wow. can do all kinds of things with um, a sitting area, a sitting vanity mm -hmm. um, with uh, two sinks in a separate area. and. And then I've done coffee bars and, you know, uh, hair stations with all kinds of, you know, extra mm -hmm. plugs and appliances and things like that. There are really endless options. So um, what are the uh, some of the things that people are looking at or asking about in terms of their vanities? Um, well, that is a, um, an area right now, uh, my company, my showroom, um, we don't have a lot of selection on that currently. Um, sometimes you really need to go to your cabinet person yeah. to create that for you um, because a homeowner has an idea of what they'd like to have in that area. Um, and it may not be a pre-made uh, application. Right. Um, also, um, a lot of time it has to do with, um, do they want more counter space Right. Do they want a deeper sink? Um, what are we dealing with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the sinks for the vanity can be under mount, which means that there's going to be the cleanest, um, easiest cleanable uh, surface of um, countertop and the sink is mounted underneath it. There's no seams. A drop-in, which of course has a seam around it, which is good if it's a renovation and you're not doing the countertop. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes the best way to do it. Um, there's oval and square and um, vessel sinks, which I could go on for hours on. In fact, I might. Um, <laughs> and the pros and cons of of mm -hmm. different, you know, um, sink options. Mm -hmm. Do you have? Uh, and what, what is what are people most gravitating to right now? Oh well, we sell um, a little bit larger size undermount sink um, with a very good um, drainage area. So it drained toward the back of the, the sink rather than in the center. Um, I don't advise the flat sink with the flat bottom because uh -huh. it can sometimes the water can splash yeah. more, but the water can pool. Yeah. And, you know, but um, if you want that really clean look and zero radius, your countertop person 
can make that kind of go away yeah. by the way they cut the a countertop. Yeah, cut the stone. Because that the underneath I would always go for something that drains well. Yeah. And and so what I tend to do is if there's not if there's less space um, for the actual countertop, like it's uh, a you know five feet or six feet or sometimes it's a 48 inch, you know, four foot. I recommend um, an oval sink or a round sink because it's going to give you more countertop around it. Um, I do love as soon as there's enough space for it with, you know, a six feet or or uh, maybe it, I guess you can use it in any different, but I do love a square sink because that gives you more um, inches of use in the sink. So there's mm -hmm. less splashing and it's nice and clean and great. And then vessel sinks, I try to avoid them in bathrooms, frankly. It's a personal taste thing for me, but I tend to push that onto my clients because um, first of all, it's an issue with the amount of space you have because it's going to take up air space, space and you think it's giving you counter space, but it's not. You can't put anything underneath that overlapping edge. And then it also reduces your limits. Uh, it makes you have limits on the kind of faucets and things that you're going to use and where those are going to come mm -hmm. out and mount and I think things it's like that. A great option for a powder room. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Because it's just hand washing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so there's a lot of charm. They can be really, really beautiful. Um, but I think a powder room is the place for that as well. Uh, so we've chosen our undermount sink, whether it's whatever shape it is, and now we are choosing the faucet. So there's widespread or um, single hole, which means, so widespread means that there's a faucet and then there are two separate holes for the two controls, a hot and, and cold control. Mm -hmm. Then there's the single hole, um, which is great if there's less uh, countertop space also. And it's also great if you don't if, you know, cleanliness wise, if you have a thing about that, you want to keep all your germs in one place and be able to clean it easily. Um, and uh, and then there's deck mount or wall mount. Mm -hmm. So what are you seeing? How do customers decide? Uh, usually they come in and they know what they want as far as do they want a widespread? Do they want a single? Are they doing something? Uh, we don't see as many wall mount. Um, it was a thing for a while. They're very dramatic. They look great, but we're just because people realize if something happens, you have to go inside that wall and access to it is quite limited. Yeah, actually, people don't realize that until you point it out. Mm -hmm. because they would never know that they would never mm -hmm. figure that out so yeah i do sometimes um do a wall mount in um a laundry room and sometimes i do it in a powder room that gets le less use mm -hmm. we have it in our second bathroom and it is truly adorable but it is the less Great. yeah it's yeah, more it of a powder room yeah. for us yeah and um all right so then the towel bars and accessories i'll just say you can buy them uh, every line of faucets correct me if i'm wrong has, has the coordinating has yeah and i love them to coordinate but sometimes they're expensive in that way so i suggest often you know by the time we're getting to those they've spent so much money that very often i'll look toward um less expensive lines but they'll have a detail in common so they look right. like they relate right yeah do people usually buy the whole suite or is it um, broken up I think it's kind of a toss up in a powder. If they're using in an unusual finish, like we're seeing a lot oh, yeah. of the gold tones, right. I suggest getting that um, at the same time you're getting the faucet, get the to toilet paper holder. Are you doing a ring? Are you doing a small towel bar? But um, in that type of situation, powder room, I suggest yes. Um, as far as the secondary and master, um, there's endless possibilities, and you don't have to be that matchy-matchy for everything. Um, you don't want it to look too contrived because set, set, set. You want something interesting. So I, I think going to um, another line may be, an, you know, um, advisable. Yeah, and that's where the choice of metal is, again, really important because Chrome is chrome is chrome. You can mm -hmm. get chrome from different companies and it's going to look like polished chrome. Everything else, you're not sure. You might do pretty well in satin nickel, a brushed or satin nickel, but it's, mm -hmm. it, that even has different names, never mind different right. looks. But everything else, you need to know you can return it if you're going to buy it. 
or look at it in the showroom because the metals can easily come in different and most people would be bothered by that. Many people, right. I'd say. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, all right, so then there's the toilet. I mean, it's pretty important. Uh, where, where do we even <laughs> Very begin? Very important. Yeah. Okay, so form follows function. Mm -hmm. We want something that looks good, um, but performs and uh, doesn't have issues. So you want to find something with a good quality engineering. So it does the job, but looks attractive as well. Are there actually toilets with bad, who, that are badly engineered that you yeah, don't recommend? Um, some of the big box stores oh, yeah. have uh, smaller trapways, yeah. uh, smaller flush valves, and they just don't get the job done. Yeah, that's and right. And you're there yeah. flushing yeah. multiple times, yeah. so you're not yeah, yeah. accomplishing. Yeah. I, I was actually in a friend's older <laughs> apartment. Uh, it's probably was put in built in the early mid '60s, and I, I had a flush four times, mm -hmm. and wow. uh, I was concerned that it yeah. wasn't going to happen. But yeah, so that's what it is you're looking for. You're looking for um, a clean design uh, and you know, spending a little more money on a toilet is actually worth it, especially because if you do, it is the thing you're not going to have to change. You know, it's going to last a long time. Right. I mean, there's going to be maintenance on any toilet yeah. because water is involved. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, it just, the engineering that uh, these companies go through to get the job done with less amount of water, um, it's just you know, fantastic what they've achieved. Yeah. So are there people that come in with a specific toilet brand in mind? Yes, definitely. And a lot of times it's because their plumber yeah. tells them, go get this brand. Right, right, yeah. And that can be tricky because if the brand doesn't go with their style, then, you know, yeah, we're manipulating. Right. But, but in general, most of the major lines, you know, the Kohler, the Toto, have most things that them, are going to relate. Right, and yeah. they have different, they have traditional, they have transitional, and sometimes the toilet is in a room by itself, so it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, that's right. It can that's be true. a very benign yeah. entity. Yep, that's true. Um, and so last question on toilets is, what actually is the difference between a two-piece toilet and a one-piece toilet and why? Okay, so a one-piece toilet is where the tank of the toilet and the bowl are manufactured in one piece. Um, on a two-piece toilet, you have the tank and the bowl separate, and they bolt together. So one's a little higher than the other. There's a seal in there. The one piece doesn't have that additional seal because it's all made in one piece. So um, on a two-piece, the, the flush mechanism is the same in either. Okay. But um, the two-piece can collect uh, dirt and dust a little bit more than the one piece. The one piece is usually more expensive and usually the toilet seat is included with it. On the two piece, you have to purchase the seat separately. Interesting. So in terms of the function, there's very little difference. Right. And it's really about, you know, the look of it and the cost. You can mm -hmm. keep your cost down a little bit with a two-piece toilet. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And there's a lot of really attractive ones out there. Yeah, as toilets mm -hmm. go. Um, all right, so now there's medicine cabinets. I sadly spent the first years of my career removing medicine cabinets from bathroom designs. I thought of them as unclean and unnecessary until we were moved out of our home after the tree fell on it. And I lived for 14 months in an apartment which had a medicine cabinet well-placed in which I put all kinds of things I don't wanna see all over my countertops. Mm -hmm. Now I am in constant pursuit of the best in medicine cabinets for the walls next to or behind the vanity especially in homes such as my own with a smaller bathroom um, or limited storage. My favorite trick is the inset tall medicine cabinet with three to four doors and they're mirrored on the inside and the outside so mm -hmm. that if the door is open or closed, I have access to the mirror part. Yeah. And the challenge is that I like them to be 36 to 42 inches tall. So they look like a high end wall mirror 
and yet magically open. In fact, my nephew, who's 32, has been living with us during the pandemic. And the other day, he asked me where the sunscreen was. And I said, it's in the middle section of the mirror in the bathroom. And he said, what mirror in the bathroom doesn't open? It's a mirror in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, no, no. And I brought him in and I showed him that each of the three sections opens and has an entire wall of story space. So it doesn't even show anymore if you mm-hmm. get a beautiful one. Um, so what are your thoughts on medicine cabinets and are pe- what are people looking well, for? Well, like you said, if it's the right size, it's very useful. If it's small and um, out of a material that's hard to keep clean, it's more of a nuisance. And I can understand why you would take it out. If it's not deep enough, you know, it, it, it's useless. And um, I happen to have one in my bathroom um, that is very small. And my husband can only put his stuff in there. I don't have room for mine. Yeah, and, but at you least know, it does house your husband's stuff. Yeah, right. So that you're not looking at your husband's right, stuff. Right. If I had to look at someone's he's stuff. looking at my I'd rather, stuff. I was just going to say, I'd rather look at my stuff yeah. <laughs> than look at my husband's yeah. stuff. But yeah, it is really, um, they, they can be an amazingly yeah, powerful I tool. I wish I had the one you have. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good one. Thank you mm-hmm. for guiding mm-hmm. me toward mm-hmm. it. All right. So that is the major discussion about bathrooms. And it's all the same in the secondary baths, except everyone in, in general feels that the choices, now they've already seen the range of choices. And uh, by the time the options for the kitchen and the master baths are narrowed down, often the clients let me suggest the rest of the house. And I look for less expensive or simpler versions of what they selected already for the secondary bathrooms and the laundry. If they look like they can um, take it and shop a bit longer, um, I look, you know, I look at you and say, you know, what can you show us, mm-hmm. which is the be- which is a bit less expensive or simpler for the secondary bathrooms, and then you show us options. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that similar? Yes, and what we try to do is find like a scaled down version of what they already like in the other areas, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it really just, I mean, once that master, the kitchen and the master bath are done, everything can fall into place. Mm-hmm. Um, how Much and, easier to work on. And then in the first show that, you know, we started, uh, you talked about, um, my question here is how do you deal with um, shopper fatigue at this point? And you already talked about that, how you have them actually stop and then you have them right. make an appointment right. to come back because again. Because I tell, let's digest what we've, already decided on because we don't want to lose that so let's decide that let's make an appointment for later in the week or next week and our focus is going to be on whatever room we 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 left off Mm -hmm. at so then the next little you know space of um creativity really in the in the plumbing fixtures is the powder room they're like little works of art for me. Mm-hmm, um, while absolutely. they're still in the store, or if they, you know, hopefully um, come back, you know, to, a, to in the next appointment, um, and if they're not completely overwhelmed, I try to have them involved in the powder room options because it's the space that can either blend with every other decision we've made, or it can be a design standalone. Mm-hmm. It's where you can make a break for it, and that's where you can incorporate your vessel sink or a- another creative Some option. Some type of artwork or a beautiful light fixture. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, I mean yeah. there are vessel sinks that are are extraordinarily yeah, right. beautiful, or you know, or other things and. Um, if my clients are drawn to them, I suggest them uh, the vessel exactly. sink for the powder room mostly. Yeah. And um, in the powder room, it can be unique and um, and lovely, and they don't fall into the same trappings of the kinds of fixtures that you're going to use where there's toothpaste involved or hair potions mm-hmm. involved and right. things like that. Um, and so how do you feel about vessel sinks? Um, I actually like them for what you said. Um, it can be a work of art. It can be something very plain and clean. Um, there's endless options. Um, you can take something that wasn't even a sink and make it into a sink in yeah. a vessel style. That's cool. And be really unique about it. Um, you know, so it's an area for creativity. Um, but again, it's just for washing hands. Yeah, so exactly. We're not, simplified. We're not, you know, having a, a guest come and stay and, you know, uh, use that as the primary uh, area. Yeah. So then 
the final you know place where there's um a plumbing question and unless you have something i haven't even thought of is the laundry room and actually laundry rooms are one of my favorite rooms in the house to design possibly because i don't have one oh, my laundry is in the yeah, yeah it's in the, the garage, garage. <laughs> luckily this is southern california yeah. and my garage is yeah. you know delightful um my goal is always to combine the best um workflow with the best storage and amount of space that we can offer and make it cheerful and delightful with you know a fun floor tile or colorful walls and interesting accessories some of my favorite photos on my website are of unique and charming and clean and functional laundry rooms the first question is to have a sink or not to have a sink. Oh, definitely a sink. I think so. Too. Definitely. Because you're doing other things in that in that laundry room other than just just laundry. Yeah. Um, the kids may have an art project yeah. or you may be doing crafts or something. That's the sink you would use. You don't want to use your your uh, yeah. regular bathroom yeah. sinks yeah. for that. So that would be an area um, I have customers going way over the top on some of these laundry room really? sinks, you know, just like a kitchen sink, you know, really? I, mean, I, I had a, a gentleman purchase um, a farmhouse sink, uh, almost $2,000 wow. to use for a laundry sink and a, a polished gold faucet with it. Well, wow. you know, he went over the top, he put in um, cabinet uh, knobs with crystal uh -huh. and gold. Yeah, that you know, I've done. I mean, yeah. he's, you know, but everybody's not yeah, that so, way. Some people want it just functional. Yeah, and and the important thing is is knowing how people are going to use it because it, I prefer a nice kind of squared off sink with a with that's deep. That's, mm -hmm. you know, more than the depth of a kitchen sink. Um, and I wish I had one because every time I go to wash paintbrushes in my main sink mm -hmm. in the kitchen, I have to say it, it makes yeah. me kind yeah. of sad and squeamish. But luckily, my husband is really good at cleaning the sink because oh, okay. that's what it takes. But that that utility type sink, even if it's ch made to look charming, it's just better to have another option than the mm -hmm. kitchen. Right. Because some of those substances you don't want coming in contact where food is being prepared. You yeah, know, so that's it's right. To have right. another place for that. It's true. That would be better. Um, so there are many additional areas for plumbing these days. The indoor and outdoor bars, outdoor kitchens, outdoor showers could be a whole nother episode. But I think we have accomplished my goal, which is to give the new home builder or someone who must rebuild their homes an outline of the things that they should consider. In closing, there are just two points I want to touch on. Um, first, there are a lot of websites where you can buy, uh, where you can research and purchase plumbing fixtures online. When my clients use them to get ideas, they can be very helpful and help us narrow things down. Mm -hmm. But plumbing fixtures are the one place I do not recommend purchasing online over the showroom because um, the sh of the shopping experience, being able to see and touch things, and because of the number of intricate parts involved that people may not be aware of, that you don't know if you order, for example, your shower faucet, if it doesn't automatically come with the valve, you Which don't know normally to order the valve. That's right. And there's no salesperson there that's gonna you know, watch out for you as you watch out for me. The challenges of tracking the parts and solving any issues that can arise and be, you know, the number of um, wonderful options that you, spe you know, specialists like you can suggest and describe and process, what are your feelings about you know the internet options i think it's great for um like you said narrowing down the choices seeing what's out there finding a look you like but um and it's not all about price shopping you know some people are all about price um i have oh well, i can get this faucet online you know for such and such i said okay go ahead and they come back, they got it. Oh, it didn't come with the handles. Right. There are handle options. Right. Uh, we we tell you everything that you have a choice of. Online isn't going to do that. It's going to show you what it looks like, but it may not be included. I've had people buy a toilet. Um, they show the whole toilet. It's a two-piece toilet, and they only got the tank. They didn't get the bowl. And, you know, they're very dismayed and just. Also, um, sometimes um, in shower valves, there's an issue um, with uh, installing a diverter. Uh, a lot of 
the homeowners don't know what a diverter actually does. Yeah, so the diverter so, is the piece, it's an uh, the functioning knob or lever on the wall that's going to channel the water from your handheld into your shower head, into your yeah. uh, tub filler or whatever. It moves, it, it diverts water from one area to another. It just moves water. It doesn't turn anything on. It doesn't heat anything up. It just moves water from place to place. So sometimes there's a trick about installing these. Um, and if the plumber doesn't read the instructions, because different manufacturers um, have them installed different areas, um, there could be an issue. Um, if you order this online, you don't have anyone to go to to yeah, help that's out with the bottom that. line. We can yeah. get in touch with um, with the tech support over yeah. at the vendor to find out um, how to um, get around these issues. Yeah. Um, because usually, uh, you know, yeah. a, a yeah. lot yeah. of inexperienced plumbers will not look at instructions until <laughs> they actually have an issue. Yeah. Instead of before. So we need to figure yeah. out what's going on. Online and will not help you with these. Situations. No, they don't have the ability to help. I mean, they don't see the whole package coming together. So, so that's what I say to my clients is, um, you know, when I take them to you first and we do our looking and we've made some selections based on style and you start to put together the pricing, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I just looked this up online and it's this much. And I say, well, do me a favor, print out what's included in that. And we go back and forth a little bit. And, and, and if someone is truly determined to buy their, um, the, the fixtures from an online source, I just let go of it. And mm -hmm. I say, okay, not a problem, but you're in charge. And um, because I can't, I, if I don't have you who I have on speed dial to call <laughs> to answer the questions. I mean, I'm a, a, an interior designer is an expert in not no one thing. We, it, we we learn is how to ask the right questions so that we're aware of everything, but you can't possibly, I'm not a plumbing specialist. Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, I don't even play one on TV. So, you know, if I don't have you to call, mm -hmm. then it's not something, it's not a game I want to play anymore. Um, that's how I feel about it too. So, you know, there, you know, if you need just, um, you know, a towel rod or something, fine. If there's any kind of form or function, then forget it, forget it. So my last question for you, we touched on a little bit in the in the first episode, but um, how do you how does the um, existence of the interior designer in the process with the client work for you? Are there pros and cons when someone comes um, in with an interior designer? I would designer? say the pros outweigh the cons because uh, the designer and I will be giving each other clues about what's working and what's best for the client. Um, we work as a team. Um, we do. It's easier to get somebody pointed in a direction and get them to make a commitment if they're being given the right encouragement about uh, the accomplishment of what they're purchasing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I consider sometimes, a, a lot of times, my job is um, helping, allowing people, teaching them how to spend their money wisely and you know, to, so that they're, you know, really, really happy with the results. Um, and this has been, you know, such a fun thing to do because I've always, I, literally since I started the, you know, the idea of the podcast, mm -hmm. I've thought about sitting here with you and going over all of these choices because it's just such a really huge part of the building process. And, you know, the builders are gonna expect you to have what they need if the interior designer isn't there, they're going to expect you, the homeowner, to have made your choices, have placed your orders, have followed them through, have gotten to the house because they don't have time for that. The builder is not going to do that job for you. So you got to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, and so I've imagined having this conversation and I'm so thrilled that we finally got to do it. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And now you just have to keep in your job mm -hmm. for as long as I keep in mine. And with that note, <laughs> I'm going to sign us off. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. 
Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at FromDisasterToDreamHome.com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.